Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Professional Appreciators. Welcome. Welcome. It's late on a Tuesday night, and uh, we're going to talk about one of the hottest new movies in the cinema. <laughs> the Northman. Yeah. The Northman. The Northman. Uh, so this is a special movie review episode. We're probably not going to... I'm just calling it now. We're. I don't think we're going to go a full hour. No. This is, I, I, I assume this would be just like review style. Yeah, just review know? style. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that most of our listeners, most of the people we know, mm-hmm. haven't really seen it or don't really have this on the radar because sure. it opened at number four this past weekend. Yeah. And it only made like $12 million, which yeah. is not a good showing for our boy Robert Eggers. I know, I know. Which I might have to look into. It might be the most he's ever made on an opening weekend because yeah. <laughs> The Witch and The Lighthouse were also not blockbusters. Yeah. But uh, he's kind of one of those filmmakers that I, I I believe everyone agrees that he makes amazing films. No one's disputing that, really. Yeah. But his movies just aren't making like... They're not very accessible. Uh, yes, but I, I think the Northman yeah. is his most accessible movie so far. Given, yeah. like, saying that, I don't believe it's for everyone, but yeah. it is his most accessible by far. Well, this this is a straight up like studio film, and actually, I need to look up mm-hmm. um, what the what studio it was. Um, uh, New Regency Pictures Focus Features, um, but compared to his first two films. He had a little bit more studio inter- interference, had more studio notes, mm-hmm. and he, from what I've listened to, he consciously tried to make this a little bit more of an accessible kind of action film. Yeah. And though it definitely has his touch, like it's very much a Robert Eggers film. And oh, yeah. There's some parts of it that I think like average moviegoers who haven't watched his films before are going to be like, what was that? Yeah. But having said that, it is a very like entertaining, action-filled. It's really not artsy fartsy, for the most part. Um, I would say <clears throat> there are artistic moments, right, in the film. Uh, but I would say, in general, for movies that are kind of in this vein, and also his movies, yeah. This is not tilling any new ground necessarily as far as like plot and story right. goes. Yeah. Like it's a, it is a classic tale. Yeah. Like it's not, it, it, it was almost like they took this classic tale and said, how can we do this like the best we possibly can? Like yeah. it's not breaking any new ground necessarily no. as far as plot and like storytelling goes. It's just a classic, solid story that we've yeah. seen before. And they're like, how do we just make this like yeah. as rad as we yeah. can? I, th- you know? I think visually you really see his like tourist kind of yeah. touch. And you see, you know, more of an, an artistic approach visually. But yeah, story-wise, it is, it's not trying to lose the audience. It's, yeah. it's very recognizable. It's a revenge plot. Yeah. And this is kind of how I want to get started because I don't think a lot of people listening will have seen it. So to start off, I'd think we kind of avoid spoilers. Yeah. And I think a good way to frame that is Evan. 
why do you think people listening, watching right now should go out and see the Northmen? I think people should sell it. I think you should go see the Northmen because it is wholly unique in that uh, it is a studio film, but it is it it feels very uh, it feels crafted by a filmmaker who loves movies mm. and who loves history. Yeah, this yeah yeah, and it is unique right now for us to receive a movie that is so historically accurate because i think <clears throat> whenever i think back to the popular medieval films or uh maybe classical time period films right. of of our day that we would have loved like um gladiator let, let's say gladiator troy troy um i had another one in my head kingdom of heaven that, kingdom of heaven sure uh like some of these movies that we grew up with that we loved mm -hmm. finding out later there's a lot of inaccuracies <laughs> right. going on where it's which it's like man i still love the movie but hey what are you gonna do it's a movie yeah and that's always been the cop out kind of where it's like it's a movie it's meant for entertainment not everything has to be like 100 percent realistic all the time it's hollywood this movie was like they had the opposite mission statement yeah. they were like we are going to make everything as accurate and like historically real to what it actually yeah. was as we like possibly can pull off. Yeah. Robert Eggers had Viking historians and archaeologists like on speed dial on set. Yeah. I mean, it is self-proclaimed to be the most accurate Viking movie. I don't know if I can take that from Robert Eggers's mouth, like as gospel. Sure. sure. But I do, I do believe their intention to be as accurate as possible is true. Yeah. And, uh, well, and I think a lot of, for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense as to why, like some of these huge big budget movies aren't more accurate because mm -hmm. it's not like they don't have the budget to hire people to be like, right. that's not what they would have done. <laughs> you know, yeah. like hire a historian to be like, that's not how they would have done that. So it was cool to at least see that step be taken where it's like, we hired historians and people that are going to tell us like how they would have rowed the boat, like yeah. how it would have been built. Like apparently they even got as detailed as to like how the nails would have been like in the wood of the boat. And like, it's very, very detailed from what I've been watching about it. But I would say my pitch is it's a really, really unique film in that it's, uh, it's claimed to be extremely historically accurate to what Vikings were like in, yeah. you know, the, uh, whenever it, when was it? set 1066 or something i thought it was like 800 AD. ad it was like the first century ad no i think it was 10 really yeah pretty sure man i, I could have swore that opening title card said like 832 ad i'm pretty sure well i'm pretty sure it wasn't hmm. anyway okay that's still very a very long time ago. yeah well i read an article where i'm like it said what year it was set in like 12 times oh and so that's stuck in my head i don't know anyway uh which it's a significantly older movie, I feel like, than we're used to watching for medieval times. I feel like usually medieval times movies yeah. take place a little later. 
But uh, all that aside, my pitch would be it's really unique because of how accurate it is. And it's extremely entertaining and it's paced really well. And it's paced, in my opinion, very uniquely. Um, because the story kind of takes you to unexpected places. Right. Which uh, which I really enjoy. Yeah, there's very clear chapter breaks in the film. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it's very obviously like, okay, this is chapter two. We're moving forward to this. We did this. Now we're doing that. It was like very location-based yeah. too. And the, oh my gosh, the the chapter titles were so <laughs> rad. Like there's one, yeah. I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's one that's called The Nightblade Feeds. <laughs> and like when that popped up on the screen, yeah. you're just like, oh, here we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a medieval epic in every sense of the word, like of the phrase yeah. that you could possibly imagine it was just epic scale like yeah. the landscape was un like crazy like oh. that was real like, i just they were on location yeah i i just again i appreciate that for a lot of it i just it's so simple and it's such a small little pleasure but nowadays it's so rare that yeah you go to a movie on the big screen and when they shoot at locations, they're actually shooting at that location and the, yeah. the landscapes and the backgrounds are real and that is tangible and you can tell and it makes a huge difference when like... There were some scenes in the movie that were important scenes of like dialogue and stuff yeah. and I was like just looking at the background. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, wow, like that is unbelievable how gorgeous the just the, the scenery yeah. was in the movie and how the locations that they chose just they were a character yeah. in and of themselves in the movie yeah. that was incredible to see yeah for me i think this movie really marries the the two most common ways stories are told told on the big screen nowadays like it seems like movie fans are divided between like what's really big and popular and what's you know artistic and considered more like meaningful right mm -hmm. and a lot of big blockbusters can be meaningful and a lot of meaningful can be you know but it's getting more rare they're kind of yeah. segmenting and this one i think is directed by like an up-and-coming director who has a really strong visual sense uh who's made independent films but like took a big swing and made an action film and it's entertaining but but it it maintains <clears throat> his artistic style like, which it's really kind of amazing he was able to do everything he was able to yeah. do. And I think it really is a testament to like the team that he's built over the past couple yeah. films that he's done. Cause I think he has a pretty tight knit group of collaborators that he uses Yeah, where it's like, they were doing a lot of stuff they had never done before. Yeah. Like action sequences and not only action sequences, which is hard enough to do, yeah. but long take action yeah. sequences. Yeah. There's a lot of oneers. Uh, long one take tracking shots that are yeah. just just done very well and you know it, I don't I never really got the sense that he was showing off that way I think it was just a very immersive way to it kept you it kept pull you pulled in, in and engaged yeah. that and that was the thing <clears throat> I've heard one criticism that uh, they felt like the movie kind of drug towards the end mm. uh, and I I hear that but I was I was pretty engaged. I, the whole I would movie. say there's a there's a 
towards the first third to the middle, that's where there was a dragging section for me. The end, I thought, was like... Yeah. Again, once it got to the title card, the night blade feet. <laughs> yeah. From then to the finish, I thought this movie was like, <laughs> like just popping off. Yeah, it was, it was extremely intense. I was very stressed out, like the yeah. whole movie. Um, and and that's for me. I think I understand. I think some people may be bored by certain things more than others. Yeah. But I was just like really drawn in by like if it wasn't the landscape. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård's traps yeah. that were insane looking that I was just like, how do you work out enough to get those? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, just like how it was shot, like everything about it. Like if it wasn't one thing, it was another just kind of pulling me in. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, that it's tough because my criticisms would kind of be, I, I don't think they did everything great, but I'm not sure they were in my criticisms. I'm not sure they were intending to do those things extremely well or address those things right. extremely like, well, I don't want to get into it and ruin some things. That's why I'm trying to be yeah. careful. Here. Okay. We, we can save that towards the end. Okay. Cause right now we're just pitching people to watch it. You okay. Know? Well, what would your pitch be then? Again? Like I, I would say it does a really good job of marrying like, artistic visual style with like a engrossing kind of like wide appeal action sense like i I think all the parts of the film that i think could turn someone off are immediately followed by something that would immediately pull you right back pull them back in because robert eggers is known for like keeping his his stories like the dialogue um He's known for like having the dialogue in the film very true to that time in history. So it's not like it takes place in the first century, but everyone speaks like perfect 21st century, like English. You know what I mean? Like most epic. It's like, it's not in a different language, but the English feels very brutish and kind of like, you know, basic. Mm -hmm. And there's not a ton of like dialogue, but when like the monologues and dialogue hit, they're like at very conflict oriented intense moments so yeah i think some people can maybe turned off that like they're speaking very like kind of like brutal with heavy accents and sometimes it's hard to parse what they're saying yeah but again it's a very visual film and that you don't need to know the dialogue to know like this guy wants revenge for the death of his father that's not a spoiler because it happens like right away it's yeah it's it's this viking legend is is what inspired hamlet Mm -hmm. and hamlet is what inspired lion king so you you will watch this movie in 30 minutes and go i think i've seen this film yeah and it's because it's a it's a very common plot the broad the broad strokes of what's going on are not unfamiliar to us but in some of the details it gets very different and I really enjoyed that. Like yeah. I mentioned to you what felt like a side quest in the movie yeah. kind of happens. And it's, it's really cool. Really cool. Really entertaining. Um, they, There are a lot of parts of the movie that are very specific to that group of people in that culture and how they used yeah. to operate and like games they used to play and just the way that they used to live, which I thought was fascinating and interesting um it's just a really unique blend i think that's a great way of putting it it's a really unique blend of um artistic visuals and kind of a blockbuster action movie um with a really unique setting 
right yeah. it, it, it just is like a really cool blend i think that's a good pitch yeah. if you told me that i'd be like i'm gonna go see it yeah because you know when you hear oh we made a movie that's like so historically accurate to the vikings that you might be like oh that sounds like that gets me kind of like excited. Yeah. But like, you might be like, Oh, that sounds more like homework, like a chore than, you know, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... But again, it's Vikings. So it's a brutal film. It is. And I will say like from a storytelling perspective, it, there's nothing very complicated. It's very simple. Guy sees the, the his father killed. He wants revenge. He spends his life getting back to the person who killed his father and so, like, you always know the goals. You always know what the stakes are. Yeah. And it does just enough, even though it's predictable, it does just enough at the end to kind of, like, twist, you know, mm-hmm. the the main character's perspective on what he thinks happened as a kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it does just enough to keep you, like, on your toes. But yeah. for the most part, like, just to sell you, there's a moment where his Viking group invades a town and Alexander Skarsgård catches an, a spear and then throws it back and hits a guy. And like, what more do you want out of a movie? That like, was like, <laughs> that was like the first action sequence. First thing that happened. It's yeah. like, Oh my yeah. gosh. And then he like climbs a wall with an ax. That whole sequence is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's so again, cool. all one take. It's like a 90 second, yeah no cut shot where they're just invading this town and you see the full um i guess they're still vikings even though they were in Rus and not where he was from but yeah i think they were still like a different viking clan or something yeah uh, and they just invade this village and, and the the tracking shot really lets you see everyone in the army at work mm-hmm. and you like it it feels like you're there because it you see them progress through uh, yeah. without any cuts or anything the camera the way that it moves throughout the movie feels like a character or like yeah. it's like you're there kind of yeah. peeking around you the feel corner. the chaos of the villagers like running yeah. past the camera and people coming in and out of buildings and hiding and it's very visceral but yeah um yeah again like i i think it's a movie that that will please anyone who has more of like who loves film as an art form. Like, I think there's a lot there for that. And people who just want a good time, there's just enough of that too, that I really think out of his first three movies, this is the most accessible. A hundred percent. There was a lot less, uh, I would say Robert Eggers is usually not one to shy away from kind of a stagnant shot or a, um, like a, a still moment or a mundane chore or like, you know, yeah. uh, I, I think of in the witch, the, the dad, like chopping wood mm-hmm. or it's like, how much wood did we watch him chop the entire, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know? And, uh, he's like not one to shy away from a kind of from the outside. If you're not like really reading into it, right. maybe uninteresting moment, or you know and and then the closer you look the the more you think about it like it kind of unfolds into like oh what's he really trying to say by showing this but like from the outside looking in it may just kind of be like a bland looking shot but there was very little of that in this movie like there was not a lot of like lingering shots on people just like expressing things with their face or like it it was like very the camera was always felt like it was moving yeah. around and kind of engaging you and what was yeah. going on it's, yeah it was i mean it's it 
it's interesting because it did feel very much like him visually, but at the same time was doing a lot of different stuff from what yeah. he usually do. I feel so like. if you're someone who the idea of like a epic Viking revenge film that's shot beautifully, like if that's up your alley, like go watch the Northman. It's still in theaters. This is a movie I'd love to see get a little bit more love in the box office. If you like Vikings, you'll love this yeah. movie. If yeah. you like Viking history, you'll love this movie. Yeah. I mean, if you just, if you like seeing shirtless Vikings, just how like wolves, you'll like, love this movie. You'll love this movie. Big time. I wanted to mention this too. Um, something I really liked about the movie is how it played with the, with fantasy, how right. it played with the idea of like, we're in this world and it feels like we have these constraints on, mm -hmm. but then there were moments where the movie kind of broke out of those, constraints into like something that was a little more f like fantasy yeah it, based or yeah. or uh, mythological Myth yeah mythological yeah. It, it really it the movie inhabits the worldview of the characters and yeah. so because the characters believe in the the mythology like the norse mythology yeah. of odin and valkyries like so does the film, but it doesn't in a way where you can still maintain your is just is this just how the characters are seeing it or is this objective reality? Yeah. And it does a great job of just being like, we're going to get inside the main character's perspective of how he thinks the universe works. Yeah. And have things unfold that way, but maintain our integrity just enough where you can go, oh, he's just right imagining or if you want to, if you want to, uh, and it lets you it lets you decide that as an audience. The way member. Robert Eggers put it, and I really liked this, was he was like uh, he was talking about the main character and kind of what they believe and what their yeah. religion is and how they believe in all of these things like wholeheartedly, like. Yep to die in battle is the highest honor. Like yeah. you're not, they're not, they don't fear death. Like they believe in this idea that they have a yep. fate. Yep. And, um, and he said there was no such thing as a, uh, atheist Viking. He's yeah. like, they just didn't exist. Like there, there weren't like Vikings that just didn't believe in yeah. this stuff. Like they believed it wholeheartedly, like yeah. fully. And so he wanted yeah, there's to no it. Vikings. Like, I don't know. I listened to a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. When you think about it, like Odin, <laughs> that, I don't think he's real. There were no Vikings deconstructing. Yeah. There were no like, like uh, uh, I'll disprove asking Odin. Questions. There's no like disproving Od the existence of Odin YouTube yeah. video. Like having doubts, asking yeah. questions. Like there was, it didn't seem like there's a lot of that. Yeah. No, so but was, uh, I like that he said that. Yeah. That was cool. I want to touch on that as a good transition into you know, the full spoiler discussion. So if yeah. you haven't seen the film, you can duck out now, or if you just don't care about spoilers, cool, stick around. But one of the things I loved about the movie was how it, like I said, it, since the characters believed in North myth mythology and thought that was real, that was real to them. It was real to the movie. Yeah. And I like how the movie lets you as the audience member parse out the implications of that worldview because yeah. the movie doesn't really go and this is wrong or and this is fake and this is real it yeah. really does end with alexander skarsgård uh omelet or omleth i, yeah. I can't remember there's a in the movie it was hard to hear the amleth yeah amleth the movie ends with his perspective of what he thinks he accomplished and I like how he just is like, yeah, because that was real to him. Now, is it right or wrong? I think he lets that 
sit with you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I really appreciated the movie because if you compare it to the other big action movie that came out this year, the Batman, right? Another yeah. film about vengeance. Yeah. It's not right or wrong, but you know, the Batman tells a story where Batman changes. Yeah. And his perspective on vengeance is interrogated throughout the film. And mm-hmm. then finally he has a cathartic moment and he changes as a character. Yep. The Northman is not that type of story. No. The point is that he doesn't change. And yeah. by buying in fully to the North mythology, he is letting the audience go, okay, he thought this is what happened. Now you use your own understanding of the world and see how that sits with you. Yeah. Because he doesn't change. And that's almost the point because he has a moment to change at the end. Yeah. And are what we called the heat moment, the heat moment, baby. He has a moment yep. to change and he doesn't. And I think that's the point Robert Eggers wants you to consider is look at what this worldview leads you to. Yeah. And for me, just real quick for me, I think the point of this movie is understanding the power of mythology and the power of stories and how a mythology and a story a religious story, whatever, a, a national story, mm. what that can do to a person and how that has control over them. Because you get the sense throughout the whole movie, he almost considers himself having no control. Mm. He is beholden to this understanding of his fate, his fate know. and honoring his ancestors. Yeah. And it's like, he has no choice. And I think that's an interesting question is like, is that true? And if so, look at what that does to a person. Yeah. Yeah. To, to not fear anything because your fate is already sealed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I know what my fate's going to be already. Yeah. Like it's already decided. So like this moment doesn't matter anymore. Like yeah. my decision in this moment doesn't matter because my fate is what it is. Um, no, I think that that's great. I, I had a little different take on it, but uh, it kind of lines up similarly because of that fate thing that we were talking about. But, but, I, I kind of landed in a way of uh, just kind of thinking about, I thought the point of the movie was just counting the cost of um, like the cost of revenge, basically. Mm-hmm. What is yeah. the cost of revenge? Um, if you're going to go after it with like everything that you have, sacrifice everything right. that you, that you hold dear for that, what, what is that cost? Cause there is a cost and, yeah. and the movie hints at it a little bit and they don't say this exact line, but it's like almost has the exact same meaning, but it's like that, the classic live by the sword, die by the sword right. kind of thing yeah. where it's like, what else can you expect if that's what you're, you're chasing after. But, um, no, I, I love that idea of, uh, the stories that we hear, growing up and like how we are taught to believe like a Mm -hmm. certain thing and be a certain way and the cost that that can have like when it's all said and done because it's interesting on one hand he's at peace with it yeah so it's like there's nothing in his mind to be upset about like he's at peace with that that was his fate the whole time yeah but uh for us, like whenever we yeah. sit with that, it feels un it feels uneasy because that's not the world that we, yeah. you know, have have grown up and lived in. You know, uh, yeah. 
learned yeah. our whole lives. And that's what I'm saying is like the movie doesn't actually the movie doesn't actually come out of its way and go, oh, revenge is bad. Because yeah. from Amlet's perspective, he yeah. had his Valkyrie moment. He got mm-hmm. revenge at the very end. Yeah. And he's dying, but like he has a vision of his of his uh his baby mama. Yeah. And his kids. Yeah. And he's like, okay, great. He's gonna she's gonna raise them. Yeah. All good. My lineage. I've spread my seed. Yeah. My family tree grows. Yeah. And I'm gonna be carried off by the Valkyrie. And from his perspective, that's what happened. Yeah. But I like how Robert Eggers lets the audience member go. I that's not how it works. Yeah. And so he kind of puts it on our side and lets us wrestle with it. Yeah. And for me, the takeaway was and. I'm sure there's some reading into this, but that's what I think film is, is there's a dialogue. I might yeah. be reading into it, but for me, it's like, what stories are controlling me like that? Sure, yeah. Because from Ethan Hawke, the father character, yeah, he was led by the same story. He comes home to Nicole Kidman, and he's like, no, I'm not going to sleep with you because I got to worry about my ancestry. Yeah. And she even quotes that as a reason why she didn't love him is because he was so concerned about money and power and growing his dynasty yeah. and passing it on yeah. that he forgot about everything else and Skarsgård, Amleth develops the same thing and yeah. you see the power of this story over him and how he even says in the middle of the film he goes um, well once I get my revenge then I'll see if life's actually worth living because to him it's like I'm not right. living my life for me right now. Yeah. Well, and I actually thought the movie was going to go this way, but it it ended up not where it's like this idea that revenge is kind of an endless cycle. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, someone did me wrong. Now I'm going to get revenge. Yeah. Now they've got to get revenge. Yep. Now I've got to get revenge, you know, and it goes on and on and on and on without an end. But he actually ended up, and this is a huge spoiler, Yeah. <laughs> but he actually ended up killing this guy's entire family yeah so it's oh, like yeah. it was you know it's there was no retribution there yeah. that anyone was gonna be able to come back on him with because yeah. uh, that was kind of the, the, his point was that i'm not gonna have my children grow yeah. up in a world where there's someone like chasing after them yeah. or looking for them but um that's not really why he went back. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, like we, I think that definitely is a part of it. Like we both said in the theater, like there was a heat moment where yeah. he had the opportunity to stay with his love, uh, on a Taylor, Taylor joy and start a new life and just put revenge on his uncle behind him Yeah, and probably live a happier life. But he, once he realized she was pregnant and he yeah. had a lineage to protect. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing though. It wouldn't have been a happier life to him. That's right. for us. Right. You know, for him, that would have been a miserable life. Right. Because he would have died an old man. Yeah. And well, the like, only yeah, way. They don't like that story. And the only way for them to truly live up and get honor yeah. and like achieve is to die in battle is like the greatest thing you can yeah. achieve. So to them, like like that's for us what we yeah. wanted him to do yeah but for him that's miserable yeah and that's the tension like the and that's, stories. that's the interesting yeah. that's the fascinating point about it is just these vastly different worldviews that yeah we find clashing in this movie yeah and maybe that's a good way of like for me to translate it is just like maybe it's a movie about revenge but it's a movie about like clashing worldview between like 
this ideology and this this way in which this this what they believed in back then yeah and how strongly they believed in it versus like what we hold sacred now mm -hmm. yeah which is so different yeah and uh i would argue much better yeah. <laughs> i will say while i was watching the movie when they're on the uncle's kind of farm and yeah. there's all the other like slaves and workers there i was just like how unfortunate for them to be caught in the middle of this revenge plot because I'm sure I'm sure one of them was like okay like I'm off to a new farm to work and yeah I'm a slave but I'm just gonna put my head down do the best out of it and man I really hope there's not I'm not caught in another family feud revenge plot and then and then fingers and then, crossed uh, baby and then Amlet kills those guys and puts their body parts on the fr on the doorway and they're just like you got to be kidding me not again not again gosh they're all just getting killed like oh, bystanders. My God. Gosh, man, oh. that would have been like, <laughs> I remember leaning over to you because I can't remember what he said, but it made me think like, is he going to prank him? <laughs> like he's just, yeah. gonna, he's just going to prank it, which this is like a pretty, pretty rad prank movie. I, yeah. I mean, depends on your definition of prank, but hardcore pranks. I mean, these weren't Ashton Kutcher pranks. No, but no. These weren't punks. He was toying with him a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. He pranked the heck out of him for uh, for a while there. Yeah. But uh, no, I yeah, I think honestly, I I felt like that was one of the points of the movie that I felt like I wasn't crazy about was just I know I know that Robert Eggers likes to leave you with the choice yeah like you interpret this like yeah. you have a dialogue about it come to terms with it like he likes yeah. to leave it that way but i just felt like there wasn't quite enough done to kind of push us in the direction i i when them when the movie ended it felt like whoa like it yeah. it just felt like wow that was really something interesting um but then the feeling of like what exactly was I supposed to mm -hmm. pull away with? Yeah. Um, was there a little bit, which I don't mind, but I felt like that was one of the points of the movie. I felt like could have been shored up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I know some people online have said the ending was anticlimactic, which is weird because they all acknowledge how cool it was to have a <laughs> sword fight at the base of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. Which was really cool. It was extremely cool. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> like every yeah. every swing of the sword i was like, like oh that. yeah like halfway through the film like they kept like doing these establishing shots at the volcano as it like keeps erupting yeah. more and more and <laughs> yeah, i thought part like, of me was like if there's not a fight at the bottom yeah. of this volcano this will be like the worst tease I'll ever check out that volcano pretty cool huh? yeah and then when the <laughs> uncle was like meet me at the gates of hell i was like oh that's, oh, vol that's yeah. volcano talk right there <laughs> that's volcano yeah oh man uh, yeah that was really cool but yeah like once they both just kill each other and there's you know spoiler alert yeah well i mean we've already established <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah yeah and then he has the vision of the valkyrie carrying him away you're just like oh so like did he get what he wanted like is this and then i had that same thing i was like oh like when in our theater yeah. when it cut to black and, and then it said you know like directed by robert eggers whatever yeah it was so quiet yeah it was dead yeah. quiet everybody was like Whew. i don't think anyone knew what to make of it but the more i sat with it, the more i went i really like that they just went you know what we're telling 
this story from Amleth's perspective. Mm-hmm. And he thought he accomplished what he did and he had his vision at the end. And then it's up to the audience to really wrestle with that. And yeah, for me, my takeaway was again, like the power stories have over us and the myths we inherit, mm-hmm. you know, the myths from our society and how in a way they do control us and they do bring us towards a fate because, you know, it, it changes how we see the world and what yeah. our priorities are. It affects our priorities. And it was interesting to see a movie where it shows you like how beholden this guy was to this worldview and he inherited from his father. Yeah. And it led him to ashes and death, but for him it was a victory. And and, and I like that kind of like that sourness in your mouth where you're yeah. like, like, is this a happy ending or is it not? Well, ag- and I like that. It, it, again, unique because it felt like the team that made this movie said like we are going to make a movie that's completely true to like the norse the north the the northmen (laughs) the norse like belief system yeah and like what they felt was most important and like i feel like they stayed true to that for better or worse like and for worse making the audience feel some kind of way about like that bitterness, that feeling that you have. But I think that can be a good, like for a piece of art. Yeah. You want to feel moved in some way. And, and by the end of the movie I did, it had me asking questions like, wow, what did I get out of that? Like, what should I be pulling away from that? Like, what, what did he mean by this? And I, I love when movies can do that. I think that's, that's cool. And, and this movie did that for me. Um, yeah, another criticism that I heard people talking about, which I get a little bit, was just that it felt like uh, with Anya Taylor-Joy's character and his mom's character and the Valkyrie that there was this sense of, like, powerful women breaking free of, like, the patriarchal... Right. Like, uh, you know... Uh, basically becoming powerful and like becoming like fully realized for like how powerful they are. And then the criticism was that it felt like that just kind of fell flat and didn't really come fully to fruition. That, that is a common problem where you, you tell a story about the negative side to patriarchy or like of a toxic masculinity. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you could argue the movie is is not painting that in a good light it's showing its faults but at the end of the day when you make a movie about toxic masculinity you have to spend two hours and 15 minutes showing toxic masculinity sure so it it's like yeah to to criticize it you have to show it fully and so you still end up committing all the same faults as it because you're showing it yeah so that it, it, that is a tricky thing where you're like, yeah, the, yeah. The, the women do at the very end get subjugated. Nicole Kidman gets killed. Anna Taylor Joy gets left behind to raise the kids by herself, and yeah. you're just like, dang. But that, it's like part of it's like, well, that's the point. They're showing you how right. messed up this is, but yeah. also it's like, well, you're also still doing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting criticism, at least. I it's worth mentioning. I don't know if I fully like. I don't know. I will I, say Nicole Kidman has the best monologue in the film. Which part? The part where she like fully reveals like oh, that right. she hated uh, his father. 
And like that scene was crazy. That was intense. She was great in that Even scene. Even though it started off with such a weird innuendo. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? Yeah. 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 Like, the first thing she says is like, how? Oh, how? Oh, you have a long sword. Literally a sword. Yeah. It was like a. Like, like about to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> And she makes like some sort of... But it was totally like, like a phallic phallic reference. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was just yeah. like, like well, you have a long sword there. This is, a, this is the last act of the film, Nicole Kidman, and you're going to pull out a, <laughs> yeah. a joke right oh, now? Also, I thought a sword was just like average length. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't. It was like not a not a, like a Braveheart sword or anything no, like yeah. that. I think that's the movie I was trying to think of earlier. Oh, Braveheart, yeah. For historical accuracy. Apparently oh. that one's very historically inaccurate <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, yeah so but yeah like that is a tough thing where i was thinking the same thing where it's like well it is a movie about a bunch of white violent men who just when it's set in women. iceland it's pretty tough to get around yeah <laughs> some yeah. of that stuff yeah again it's like to criticize it you have to portray it and so you sure. blah 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 so yeah i'm with you yeah but uh, I don't know. How about some final thoughts? Wrap it up. Yeah. Final thoughts. I would say I really enjoyed it. I am, uh, the more we talk about it, the more I'm looking forward to watching it again. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth watching again. Um, some of the, some of the scenes in the movie, some of the shots in the movie were just really beautiful, really transporting. Um, I almost look forward to seeing it again for that reason just to see some of yeah the location the scenery some of the shots some of how they did it it was just really really a well-made movie if you take like plot and everything else out of it and you just like from the nuts and bolts of like getting a movie made yeah. really interesting and fascinating uh felt like just a really well done detail-oriented movie uh i really really enjoyed it liked it had a lot of fun with it felt like felt like i got a lot of my uh, juices flowing like yeah like there was a, for for the part of me that wants to see something a little more artistic there was something there for the part of me that just wants to mm -hmm. see the night sword be fed that was yeah, there the night sword <laughs> you know feeds. for the part of me that wants to just yeah. kind of like see something weird or kind of like hor horror based that was there like this movie just blended a lot of really interesting things together and i just really really enjoyed that though i feel like there were a couple of spots that i felt uneasy about especially towards the end um i it's hard for me to completely say that that's a criticism or like a knock against it because it it did kind of fuel me for wanting to find out more about the movie yeah. and more about the history of the Vikings. So it made me dig a little bit deeper than I normally would. So it's hard for me to say that I would completely knock against it because I, uh, it, it kind of fascinated me even more to try to find some of like yeah. the answers and the, the hidden meanings of what was going on. But, and also I just, I really like your take about, um, just the societal stories that we're told that, change us and yeah. and affect us like for our lives okay like, out of an awesome way to interpret that out of five willem dafoe skulls <laughs> what would you give the northman out of five i would give it a i would give it a solid 4.3 okay okay well for me at this point in my life as a movie fan mm -hmm. 
when I go to the theater, I just want a couple of things to happen. I mm -hmm. want to be moved visually. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to be challenged narratively. And like, I don't want to be spoon fed. I don't want to be placated. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to be moved and challenged. And I feel like visually with the, the winding tracking shots and the, like the actual locations and the beautiful landscapes and the, just the action and great. Like I mm -hmm. just a feast for my eyes. And then narratively, like I said, like it, it it's at sometimes pace slow, other times pace really fast. And the ending leaves you something to wrestle with. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. Like I, I want to be engaged and participate with the film. I want to have a dialogue. I'm getting so nervous as to yeah. what your Willem Dafoe's oh. goals are going to be. And so it delivered on both those fronts. Yeah. And I can't remember a movie recently that just like had my imagination going like mm -hmm. it did. And so for me, I would give it four and a half Willem Dafoe skulls out of five. Wow. Yeah. Four and a half Willem Dafoe yeah. skulls. And just like, there were so many moments I was just like, whoa, or wow. Yeah, just like, dude. And yeah. a, a movie that's serious, but also like knows like how absurd it is also. Yeah. Like, it, like, it knows that it's taken it all the way. Yeah, it like, knows it's being like over the top and just cranking it. And yeah, but at the same time, like that's the Vikings. Like, yeah. what a perfect choice well, because they were so yeah. intense. Like, well, and I turned yeah. to you at one moment, and it was like the becoming a man ritual. Like his father dies. Like he yeah. rose across the thing, and then and then they raid this village, and it's like horrific. And I just turned to you, and then they're like howling in the woods. Yeah. And I just turned to you, and I was like, the Vikings have literally no chill. Like <laughs> they have at no all. chill. Like there's just no chill. Yeah. Well, like when I got home to Anna, she asked me like, what was the movie like? How was it? And all I could describe it as was like, imagine a movie where the filmmakers went at every turn. What's the most hardcore thing we could do? <laughs> yeah. And then they did it. Yeah. That's yeah. this movie. And they took it all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you might say, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's a little too much like a video game or blah, blah, blah. It's too violent. Like for me, it's like, I just love that they just knew it was hardcore and went for it and everything yeah. else I've said previously. But also that time period was, it was hardcore. violent and it was like harsh yeah and this movie was harsh yeah i again match the environment i appreciate they took the worldview of the character seriously and yeah. the movie is shot through the eyes of that character yeah for better or for worse and it gives you a lot to think about and i don't know, i had a great time i had a great time i had a blast yeah and you have a talking willem dafoe skull like come on i mean not to mention a uh eight foot tall ghost battle oh the the ghost battle for the sword <laughs> come on now dude the, the, i mean come on yeah that's Does great it get better than that no it doesn't also whatever weird viking like rugby match oh like, that was actually interesting that was kind of awesome that was kind of cool i wanted to play it really confused as to that one kid and we won't get into it but yeah <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, before the Valkyries come and whisk us away. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be remiss. I don't think they're coming for I us, I don't think buddy. they're coming for us. <laughs> I don't know. Like before I was bald, I had some long golden locks. I could have been, I could have been from Iceland or. Do you believe that the only honorable way of dying is by the sword? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, uh, then maybe you are going to have a Valkyrie come for yeah. you. Yeah. So, well. Uh, for those watching on YouTube right now, you can listen to the full discussion 
in podcast form in the links below, professional appreciators. And if you're listening on audio, you can check out the YouTube video. I should have the link in the show description. And just a reminder, you can add us on Patreon and become a patron mm-hmm. for as little as one, five or $25. You can get early access to the podcast and the video and the video thumbnails and eventually movie commentaries which we're trying to do the batman here soon coming up by the end of this month yeah the end of this month or at the very latest early may yeah we will have a full commentary on the batman that you can get on patreon for i i want to say the five dollar tier but we'll see maybe this first one i'll make it for the one dollar tiers as well yeah yeah so be on the lookout for that patreon.com slash why it's great and then professional appreciators for the podcast yeah don't forget to subscribe and like yeah so uh, get your viking on and uh we'll see you later yeah